1: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law.
0: Log Talk Radio.
1: Hello and welcome to the Nurtured Heart Approach July twenty eighteen podcast. I am Stephanie Rule, your host for today, and our topic for this month is the second of a three-part series to help you notch up NHA. Today, we will tackle Notching Up NHA Mastering Stand 2. We're going to dive into exploring the second of the three stands of the Nurtured Heart Approach, absolutely yes, relentlessly creating and energizing positivity and success. We would love for you to subscribe to our podcast through iTunes or Blog Talk Radio so you can receive notifications about new episodes every month. You can find the Children's Success Foundation on social media by searching CSS is Greatness. You can explore our website, childrensuccessfoundation.com, to find a trainer near you, or if you're ready to notch up your understanding of NHA to even deeper levels, you can register for an upcoming certification training intensive, <clears throat> or CPI. There are currently still spots open for the five-and-a-half-day training with the creator of NHA, Howard Glasser, in West Orange this summer. Registration for this CTI is open until August 5th. I hope to see you there. Before we get into the nitty-gritty of our podcast for the day, I would like to introduce myself and today's guest. I am Stephanie Rule, a trained school counselor and advanced trainer in the Nurtured Heart Approach. I work for the Children's Success Foundation to steward the work of the Nurtured Heart approach around the world. I am a wife and a mother of two creative, caring, and loving children, and all together we live in a Nurtured Heart household. Now I have the honor today of sharing the podcast space with one of our certified NHA advanced trainers, Scott Lindstrom. Scott recently retired from 34 years as a school psychologist and leader and trainer and developer of comprehensive student support services in Chico Unified School District, where their programs serve thousands of kids every year. For 20 years, Scott was a trainer and consultant for similar programs across the state. A few years ago, he found the Nurtured Heart approach, and it was immediately clear to him that the beautiful simplicity of NHA, along with its structures for training and implementation, just made sense in his work with kids. NHA is supported by every realm of research captured his interest, resilience, learning, neuroscience, trauma, happiness, school climate, and it has enhanced all of his practices and programs. As he continues to dig into NHA, he he finds it impacting what he considers the core of what's important in his life, his personal and professional relationships. This richness is reflected in those relationships that were already healthy, going from great to greater, and in those that have been less easy. The energy shift is when he's fully present in the approach. Is, is, it is undeniable. NHA is enhancing the joy and depth of all of his relationships. Husband to Heather, dad to three adult daughters, new grandpa to Charlie, a friend and colleague. Welcome, Scott. I'm so glad you're here with me today.
0: Hi, Stephanie. It's really my honor to be here with you. Thank you.
1: Oh, you're welcome. It's an honor to get to share the podcast space with you and just have a great discussion. I'm really looking forward to this great discussion about Stand 2.
0: Me too. I think it's going to be fun.
1: Yes, me too. So before we do that, let's take just a quick, I don't know, maybe 30 seconds um, before we dive into Stand 2 and share... Well, I'd love to hear actually your perspective, Scott. What, how would you define NHA or the nurtured heart approach to someone who's just hearing about it for the first time?
0: To somebody just hearing about it for the first time,
1: mm-hmm. um,
0: I would say that nurtured. I would say that I begin with what's important in life, what's important in teaching, what's important in parenting is our relationships. Um, whether it's with our children, with our our, uh, students, with our staff. It's really the relationships that drive the happiness and joy and success in life. And Nurtured Heart is an approach that provides some really beautiful and simple structure to really ramping up the relationships that we are in. Um, Specifically, most often we talk about in terms of introducing it through parenting and and, um, working in classrooms, um, but it really applies to all relationships is what I've found. Um, mm-hmm. And it just it ramps up the positive, goes from uh, building relationships as opposed to just focusing on behavior. Um, and it, it uh, takes the positive that most people already bring to a situation to a whole new level. Um, super focused, super intense, super um, building of what's right and um, what you want to grow in relationships and in other human beings. Mm, I love
1: that. Yeah, that's um, yeah, definitely works. If I was listening to that for the first time and had never heard about Nurtured Heart before, that would be my ears would perk up and I would say, oh, that's very intriguing. I really need to learn some more about that. Um, And I, I love how you talked about how it's really ramping up the relationship piece because it is about relationships, but it's not just about relationships. I mean, we're talking like really digging deep into the, the heart of uh, what makes a relationship healthy. Um, so I, I really do mm-hmm. love the way you described that. Now my next question for yeah. you, and this is, this is one of my next favorite questions um, uh, to answer in, in the classes that I teach Um The question I have for you is this. How would you describe what it means to take a stand on something in life?
0: What it means to take a stand is is to know what it is that you believe in, um, to commit to putting yourself into um, implementing that stand, that belief, um, and to doing the work that it takes to be there. And usually that's driven by some values that you have in terms of what you think is right and what you want to create in your life. In um, a lot of our work, it's what we want to create in the lives of the people around us, in our classrooms, our communities, our families. Um, mm-hmm. But taking a stand is making a commitment and um, mm-hmm. doing the work it takes to to live your beliefs. That Absolutely. Works.
1: That's so important to – I think it's so important to focus on what what it means to take a stand on something because in the Nurtured Heart approach, you know, our main foundational pieces are what we call the three stands. Um, and they don't really make sense unless you really have a good understanding of what it means to take a stand. So we are taking that commitment, like you said. We are making a commitment, I should say, to the three stands in the Nurtured Heart approach. And today we're focusing on stand two, you know, relentlessly creating that positivity um, and success in someone's life, not just our children, but all relationships, right? Mm -hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, we can get deep on this. But, um, yeah, it it always comes back around (laughs) to um, looking internally and, and where it is you are. And is that where you want to be Um,
1: Mm -hmm. taking
0: a stand with that as well?
1: Right. Absolutely. There are so many different layers of how we can take a stand in our lives um, through the use of the nurtured heart approach. We can take a stand with our kids. We can take a stand with ourselves. We can take a stand with our spouses and friends and colleagues, we can take a stand in so many different ways uh, to build those healthy relationships.
0: Yeah, it's it's um it's just that multiple layers. You can just keep taking it deeper and deeper. And and usually we start with how we want to work with our kids or our students, um, but it almost always, from what I've seen, takes us to really all relationships and then to kind of the internal work that we do.
1: Mm-hmm. Right, we don't have internal. to do
0: that necessarily, but you, you can certainly start by really focusing on how do I want to implement this with my children at home or my classroom at school. One thing that's always mm-hmm. been fascinating to me is for every, probably everybody I know that, that has worked this, it's easier in some situations like it's easier for a lot of teachers to use this in the classroom than it is to use when they get home at the end of the day and they're exhausted and they've spent so much energy elsewhere <laughs> And as you mentioned, sometimes it's it's the spousal relationship where it gets to be more difficult to um, really implement this. Sometimes it's other adults, but it applies everywhere.
1: Right, absolutely, everywhere, in every corner, every aspect of our lives. So I know that we have so many listeners um, who have questions, about STAND 2. And you and I both have experienced a lot of these questions in, in trainings that we've done with Nurtured Heart. Um, and so we compiled a few of the most commonly asked questions about STAND 2 um, that we hear frequently from the community. And right now we're going to go ahead and, and just answer some of those questions. And the good good news is we have an advanced trainer here in the Nurtured Heart Approach, Scott, who can help shed some clarity on some of these very commonly asked questions. Are you ready, Scott?
0: Yeah, rock and roll.
1: (laughs) Okay, so our first question that was submitted to us is this. I love the sound of this, but aren't we creating entitled kids? by recognizing them for things we expect of everyone?
0: This is one of my favorite Nice, questions. Nice. It is one of mine, too. Yeah, it's, it's, this mm-hmm. is fun to talk about. Um, and this kind of gets to the core of, of our thinking process on multiple levels, one of which is um, just at the center of the nurtured heart approach is uh, something called inner wealth. Um, which mm-hmm. is what we're trying to build in kids. And to me, the way I describe that is, you know, wealth is like taking resilience and putting it on steroids. So resilience is that I can survive and I can be okay in spite of difficult moments. And what we know with traum- traumatized kids is they need that resilience to be able to rebound from traumatic situations. Mm-hmm. Um, and that would be true for adults as well. As a matter of fact, it's true for longevity right. in life. That resilience is important. Um, and inner wealth is like taking that and say, it's not that I can just survive. It's that that I can be amazing and that these difficult moments, as I learn to interpret them kind of through the nurtured heart lens, really end up feeding, um, the qualities that become definitive of who I am, the qualities of greatness, as we say, a nurtured heart approach, um, that those, that inner wealth is really feeding those qualities of greatnesses, And so those moments become that. Um, Mm -hmm. So in that sense, the pointing out of of great qualities and being really specific with them, with kids is building that inner wealth. And that's what we want. And then when they take that, they can be, they can self-sustain instead of relying on everybody else around them to do it for them, to recognize them in that way. Um, I can tell you that I've seen kids as young as six, seven, eight years old who can come back after going through a nurtured heart approach classroom um, and say, hey, is it okay if I recognize myself? That's not a child saying, I need you to recognize me. That's a child that, that has been able to make this concrete inside themselves saying, Whoa, I really am responsible. I really am um, kind. I really am courageous. Um, I really am a hard worker. So, um, that's mm-hmm. what I see with this. And I think where I see the the problem with this is that all of us have that tendency to go to the old place of judgment and using guilt and shame and things like that as means of, of behavior control. Most of us turn some of that inside and have those voices in ourselves that can't fully, I mean, how easy is it for any of us to accept the true compliment? It's difficult. Mm-hmm. And so, um, when we can't accept that ourselves, then it becomes harder to give that out. Mm-hmm.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. So that that goes back to what we were speaking of a, a few minutes ago, moments ago, about the internal piece, um, the 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 inner piece of of nurtured heart approach, and how working on your your own recognitions, recognizing yourself internally for the things that you're doing right, the things that you do that you feel good about on the inside, telling yourself that, letting yourself Mm -hmm. know, because if you can do that for yourself, then you can turn around and genuinely do that for your children as well, or for your students, or for anybody that you come in contact with. Um, And, you know, just to add to that beautiful summation that you just gave, um, I think that, if a person is being genuine about the recognitions that they're giving their kids, you're not creating an entitled kid. You're creating, like you said, Scott, you're creating a kid who has inner wealth and who can see the beauty of the inner wealth that they have, the beauty of who they are, and share, in turn, share that beauty with the world. Yeah, yeah. Okay as opposed to um, I am just the greatest thing in the world to walk across this (laughs) land. I'm so amazing. That's not what happens. It's just not what happens. And we, you and I both have seen that, um, time and time again, I've seen it with my own children.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It kind of relates to the growth mindset, um, movement. Um,
1: but what, you know, at the
0: core of recognizing kids is we're not just saying, Hey, I see you and you're awesome. Hey, Mm -hmm. great job. We're saying, here's what I see you doing right now. Here's Mm -hmm. what I think that shows me about who you are as a person. I see you Mm -hmm. have got your homework done. I see that you are here in class, seated at your desk, helping the the student next to you with your papers out, doing the work that you were asked to do. It shows me that you're responsible. So it's spelling out, these are the behaviors. This is what you're doing, and this is – kind of the character of, of who that tells me that you are. So it's really specific in that way. It's not this global, you're just awesome for everything you do. Just, although right. I think everybody is awesome just for, just for being alive. Um, but this gets really specific, and that's the core of the recognition.
1: Right, and I think um, I'm glad you mentioned that because I think that that is a big part of the difference between what would create an entitled child versus what creates a child who's filled with inner wealth who wants to then in turn share that, that inner wealth with the world. Um, The difference as I see it, or one of the main differences is what you just described, you know, with nurtured heart approach, we're not just cheerleading for these kids saying you're so amazing. (laughs) Hooray, hurrah, go you, go you for everything they do, you know, which is what Uh could create. I could see that creating an entitled kid. Like, yeah, I am amazing. But no, we are mm-hmm. saying you're so amazing and then attaching those very specific details of what they are doing that makes them that amazing and attaching that quality that shows, Hey, I see what you're doing. And it's showing me how responsible, respectful, caring you are. Um, and mm-hmm. that's the piece that builds that inner wealth. So
0: great just conversation. Listening to you say that, It just, um, it stirs me because I, I just think of, how intensely we see kids how intensely and intentionally we see kids in that way. Um, But then I also think, you know, imagine looking at your spouse every day and, and really intentionally stopping and going, here's what I see. And here's what that tells me about how amazing of a human being you are. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, we, we kind of gloss over this probably should, but um, at some point we got to believe that about ourselves too.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. We can't we can't expect ourselves to be able to stand up, take a stand, on making a difference in anyone's life unless we can expect that of our own selves and um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and treat ourselves with that same level of uh, respect and honor that we want to treat our spouses and our children with. Yeah,
0: look Which, at me taking a stand doing the research, right. doing the study, doing the work, being focused. Um, mm-hmm. What does that tell me about myself? It tells mm-hmm. me that I'm, I'm a magnanimous human being toward the, the kids that I care so much about, that I'm committed to supporting them.
1: Yeah. It's that, that simple. Like, I mean, yeah. I love how you shared, shared a nice little recognition right there because self-recognition, because people think, I, I know that people sc- scoff at the idea of giving self recognitions. Um, mm-hmm it's so much easier to have that negative internal dialogue than it is to say, say wonderful things about ourselves internally. Um, but it's, it's really just a mind shift of going from allowing that internal tape to, to run negatively in our mind to shifting it to, okay, I can say these things about myself because they're true and i can make that my internal dialogue these things are true i am being i am being um paying really close attention to what's going on with my kids and that really does show that i am a caring deeply caring loving parent you know whatever it is say those things mm-hmm. in your internal dialogue okay mm-hmm. so this mm-hmm. conversation we, we can just sit here and chit chat back and forth about this for probably 2 yeah. hours or more yeah. but i definitely want to um and make sure we answer at least one, you know, a few of these questions. So (laughs) I'm going to move us on. So the next question is, how do I get others to use NHA when they are resistant? Or when they think that they're already positive? My spouse, my child's teacher, my colleagues. Mm, That's a great question.
0: And that's, do I that's another multi-layered question there, because there's yeah. a, a part of that is a systems question. Like if we're talking about my colleague teachers, um, there's both a, a personal level and a next door neighbor classroom level and a systems level at the school site. Um, mm-hmm. But there's there's also. Um, yeah, well, let's start with that. I mean, we do see a lot of schools that are trying to do this and there's a whole process for you know, trying to to get people in and getting to the tipping point and having support for that. And sometimes I think people give up because they can't get enough support um, moving forward. Um, mm-hmm. And sometimes we, I hear that from parents who are saying, you know, I'm into this, but my you know, my spouse really wants to stick with consequences and, mm-hmm. and believes that, that it's punitive consequences that make a difference. Um, and so uh, I think what I keep coming back to more and more is just being, being in the nurtured heart approach yourself and, and committing to that, as you said, the stand, committing to taking that stand and, and being there. I've been talking to a number of people lately who have had that same dilemma. And time after time, what I hear is they start to create this energy around themselves and their relationships whether it's with uh, other adults and how they treat them or whether it's with the kids, the family kids or the classroom kids they're working with. And next thing you know, people just start to join in. I was talking to somebody who was at a summer camp, and she was concerned about how the adults were treating the kids, Um, a lot of scolding and that kind of thing. And she just started to um, really respond to kids in a nurtured heart approach-centered way Next thing you know, the kids are really gathering around her, drawn to her, and then the adults started to see that. And next thing you know, they started using the same strategies without any teaching at all of what they were other than just seeing what she was doing. Um, She didn't Mm -hmm. even have have to have a conversation with them. So I think that's where it starts, is it starts at home, meaning with ourselves moving forward and um, knowing that. In the resiliency research, a lot of times it doesn't take a whole bunch of adults to make a difference in a child's life. Sometimes it's one key relationship. Most of us can point back to one or two key relationships in our lives. So we can be that person. We don't have to be everybody, but we can be that person and if in the process we get others to join us in the in the journey, that's really cool. Mm-hmm. probably the best way is to start with with living it and being the example and having people become curious about it um, and then offering trainings and things like that is kind of what I think
1: yep I, I I couldn't agree more I mean I think it really it really is truly truly about living it living the approach being the approach modeling the approach those are the the key ways to combat resistance in any avenue in any area of life whether you're a teacher you're a parent and your your husband is resistant or your wife is resistant whether your colleague is resistant whoever whatever the resistance wherever it's coming from maybe it's coming from your children the resistance is coming from them it's the same the answer is always the same it's going back to just you living being breathing nurtured heart
0: mm-hmm. and being mm-hmm. really truly genuine about it too yeah and I think mm-hmm. it's critical, too, um, this is one that, that I think a lot of people forget is that resistant person, be able to look at that person, too, and say, what's amazing about that person?
1: Yeah. What do I see yeah. them
0: doing? Sometimes it's that they're incredible in that they want to know the research. They want to know the data. They want to see it before they just start doing it. Um, mm-hmm. So what are, what are the amazing qualities of that person? And um, that can then drive your relationship with that person as well and then might open their mind to um, trying something like this. But it's bringing it in the most difficult points that that becomes really um, super helpful.
1: Right. You know, I think that people sometimes um, feel like using recognitions is something you do for your children only. Um, And how in the world could you you can't give recognitions to your spouse? That's embarrassing and weird. And they're going to think you're weird and blah, blah, blah. Well, I always tell people when they say things like that to me, I always say, I know it, it can feel a little awkward at first, but it's no different than the awkwardness you feel with your own kids at first. When you first start using nurtured heart and giving recognitions, there is a sense of awkwardness to it until you really start to, understand how it fits you and your personality best and how recognitions come, come ge- from your genuine place of, um, of love and concern for your people. Um, and the way you would give recognitions to your spouse would not necessarily be the same way that you would give them to your children. Um, You know, people talk about it feeling condescending if you use it with your spouse. And um, I always just say, you know what, you just be genuine and just speak from your heart. Speak whatever words come from your heart that you're feeling about your spouse in that moment, that, you know, your spouse is doing something helpful for you. It doesn't have to be, wow, I see you being very helpful and loving. Thank you. You're showing me how kind and caring you are. I can see how much you love me. You know, it doesn't have to be that scripted in that sense. It can just be as simple as, "You are such a helpful, caring husband. I love that about you." And leave it you at can that. Be so
0: quick, yeah. Mm-hmm. You
1: know, it really does. Yeah, truly. Can keep it
0: brief and do lots of them.
1: Yeah, 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 absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, and that actually, this does yeah, really.
0: Go ahead. I was just going to say that that. Um... I think it's important to, to get to where you are intentional about it. And it's not like just because it's easy to forget. It's easy to go back to old habits, Um, especially in, you know, a relationship you've been in for a long time. So it is going to feel awkward at first, but, but being intentional about it can take it to a pretty deep place. And yeah, it does. It's like, it's like when you first learn to dance, you know, and I'm not really a great dancer. I I like to freestyle, but um, but, you know, if I'm going to learn to dance, it's going to take me a while to learn the steps. It's going to feel awkward at first. And um, I'm going to hope the person that I'm with is patient enough to to work with me. But uh, eventually I'm going to own that dancing. I'm going to be able to lead somebody in that dancing. I'm going to be able to have my own style you know, if you watch, like, Dancing with the Stars, each of those dancers is great in their own way, and each one expresses it in their own way. So we each end up owning our own um, form of expressing through a nurtured heart approach.
1: Mm-hmm. Done, but it is
0: absolutely. awkward, of course, and it should be expected. So is any other new behavior.
1: Right, absolutely. Um, I have this next question that I really like. I want to jump into it, and this one is... I have a hard time consistently giving real recognitions. They feel rigid or fake. And some days with some students, I just don't feel it. How can I give stronger recognitions? How can I keep myself in the place to give them? That's such a powerful question and relevant. Question. Yeah, that's,
0: that's deep. And that's, oh, man, that's, you know, because... That is not an uncommon question at all. For mm-hmm. you know, I was in school psych for 34 years, and, and from the beginning to the end, there are always points where um, te- teacher student relationships or psych student relationships even um, sometimes were difficult. Um, sometimes there's an easy chemistry or energy, and sometimes there's not sometimes there were kids that some people referred to as hard to like kids. Um, mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's that way. And the neat thing is that if we're present enough to notice that we're struggling with that, then we can work on that. Um, so that, how do we make it sincere? I think it's, it's, as you've suggested already, it's practice for one thing. Um, I think it's taking that pause to be intentional about it. So it may not come easily right in the moment, but if you take a pause and think about it, and it might be that you think about that kid when you're at home at night, And think, you know, what is it that I really love about this? I've often thought I'd like to start IEP meetings, um, student meetings with parents with, let's go around the table here and each say something that we think is really, truly amazing about this child. What's something we love about this child? And if we can take a pause and do that, then we can kind of get into your heart as you're saying, I think it always helps to just kind of breathe, take a uh, pause, take a breath, try to get into your heart and let the heart and mind flow together into what's a real recognition, what you really love sincerely about this person. Um, And sometimes the greatness is reflected in behaviors that are difficult. um, But still, they may be reflective of a deeper greatness in that person. Um, So I like that. I also like, um, and I've been starting to do this more With the Nurtured Heart materials, there's lots of different words that are on some of our word lists about different character qualities that that people might have. Um, I find myself, I get stuck in using like a half a dozen words. Next thing I know, every every time I give a recognition, it's got like tenacious or courageous or something like that in it and um, compassionate, kind. And um, what I think is helpful for us as it would be with our kids is, is to be able to um, expand our vocabulary around this. Um, Mm -hmm. So it's really intentionally growing our ability to see and describe in words what it is. that's amazing about our fellow human beings. And frankly, honestly, Stephanie, that that translates ultimately to everywhere you work, everywhere you look in the world, what you see, what you can look at, you know, the, the painting I'm looking at on the wall in front of me or what I see when I look out the window, it's, let's get rich about just seeing what's incredible in front of us. And mm-hmm. um, the more we get used to that neurologically, the more we get into that place in our brain, the more wiring gets laid down so that we can access that more easily. So again, it's a, a practice thing.
1: Absolutely. And, you know, I love like for every, every behavior, for every negative behavior or for every negative thing that you, your eyes land on in life, there is a positive on the flip side of that negative thing, whether it's a behavior or, you know, you look at the sky and there's dark clouds looming and you think, oh, great, it's going to rain. Well, there's a positive to that as well. And, you know, and this is just a silly example, but it's real, which is if there's rain clouds in the sky, then the positive to that is that we're going to have water to our earth, which is vital for, for living. So, this, that can be applied to children behave, children's behaviors as well. So for that kid in your classroom or at home that you look at and you're just so overwhelmed by the negativity um, and you don't know how to find your genuine place of recognitions to give, a good place to start is to think about, well, what is the positive behind every negative behavior um, that the child displays? You know, I mean, if the child is being um, disrespectful, then what could the positive to that be, be to that? Um, if you think about it, I mean, it kind of depends on the situ- it's situational, I suppose, but you know, right off the top of my head, I can think of, well, if a child is being disrespectful, they're trying to stand up for themselves in some way. They're trying to take a stand in their own lives in some way. And they've mm-hmm. been misguided. They've become misguided in what, in the right way to take that stand. So that mm-hmm. is the, the beauty behind being disrespectful. So that can help you to help a person, I should say to when they're in those situations where they feel like they just can't give these recognitions. If you can think, stop like Scott, like you said, Scott, take that breath in that moment, breathe into it and think about what could possibly be the positive behind this negative right now. There's, to every negative, there's a positive in every aspect, yeah. in every walk of
0: life. Yeah, yeah. I love that idea, Um of, that on the opposite of it, every difficult moment is something positive that's happening or has happened or will happen. I love mm-hmm. that. And I think it's really critical. When we're a teacher in a classroom – um, you know, th- this sounds like a question that comes from a, a bit of self-judgment also, but also kind of a reality check. Hey, this is not easy. You know, you think it's, it's all awesome. Um, sometimes that what we want to do is take that child that's really difficult and make those things that drive that into our friends. And I've, I've had parents say, I wish, I, I wish that teachers would understand that if they befriend the intensity in my child, he can become an asset to their classroom. Literally, I had, had a parent say that to me about a student that was dealing with autism. Um, so, yeah, that's that's kind of our work to do. And when we stop and and take some responsibility for that, instead of blaming the child for that, um, mm-hmm. then man, that opens the doors wide. And um, you know, I think keeping in mind too that every behavior problem is a relationship problem, and so. It takes both of us to build that relationship. How do we how do we start turning that relationship around? Which again goes back to what nurtured heart is about. Which again goes back to what you started this with, which is taking a stand. I'm going to commit to, and I'm going to commit to finding this with the most difficult kid in my class, because if mm-hmm. I can do that there, I can do it with everybody.
1: Absolutely, exactly.
0: Yeah. The other thing I think, Stephanie, that hits me really hard because of a lot of the work that I did is mm-hmm. as we're thinking about those kids that are difficult, we need to be thinking really focused on, um, on those kids that are invisible that we don't even think about when we start thinking about this stuff because they're invisible because those are kids we lose a lot. Mm. So thinking in terms of what is the greatness of that invisible child as well. That kid mm. who is speaking his, his mind, like you said, this, that may be seeming defiant, but actually is saying, I have a voice here. Um, mm-hmm. may end up being easier to work with than the child who is invisible and says, I don't really think I have a voice. Right. So let's help them find that voice.
1: Ooh, that's beautiful, Scott. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, nurtured heart recognition stand to nurtured heart in its entirety is not just for the kids who are blatantly intense you know, not just for those kids that are screaming their intensity out loud. Um, it's also for the kids who are quietly, have, the, have that quiet intensity that are often mm-hmm. overlooked. And it's also for, it, it's for every, it's for everyone, everyone. Everybody needs every a little wizard their a,
0: life. <laughs> yeah, every one of us has a, some form of intensity.
1: Yes, exactly, in- exactly. All right, so we are, we are getting near to the end of our time here, um, and I'd like to try How to squeeze happen? in a couple more questions. I yeah. know, it's so fast every time. Um, so the next question is this. How can I make NHA recognitions work with my students who have limited language? Great
0: question. Oh, I love that because we do get that a lot at the trainings, um, and we get mm-hmm. that particularly, we kind of get that related to trauma as well, but we get that language piece, particularly with teachers of younger kids, um, preschool, kindergarten, and particularly with with student, teachers of students who have communication difficulties, which then would apply mm-hmm. to those parents as well. Um, I've actually watched this happen in a um, couple different levels to me. One is that, we don't necessarily talk a lot about this specifically, but we know that nonverbal language, is about 85 to 90% of communication, something like that. So mm-hmm. with the Richard Hart approach, what we really do is try to get energetically attuned with those students or the people that we're interacting with, whether it's students or adults. Um, so know that the first step in giving recognitions and connecting is, is a nonverbal kind of energetic step. And so if we start with that, then that starts to open the door. And I can, I mean, we can all think of times that we've gone into a room and felt like without a word being spoken, we were recognized and appreciated for being there. And we've also been in places where it's like you walk in and the energy is not right here. I don't want to be here. So I think being attuned to that in stand or in, um, in active recognitions, we talk about just seeing, and identifying what it is you see the child doing. I see you got your pencil in your hand. I see you got your paper out. I see you've walked in the door and taken your seat. Um, Things as simple as that to say, I see you. When I was working in high school, so many of the kids that we lost that that dropped out or went to continuation or to other schools were kids who were invisible. And so it's that thing that I really see you and I get tuned into you um, that I think is important. So there's a lot of nonverbal to this. The other thing I saw was um, people using both sign language and people using actually um, drawings that that were cues and recognizing them for and kind of smiling with like holding up the pencil and pointing and you know recognizing in that way so they were using visual cues um, that didn't need to be in language the last piece of that that for me is that I think sometimes people shortchange the ability of students to understand um both in terms of of what our tone of voices and nonverbals are, but also some of the language we use. They may not be able to use that language themselves, but that's not to say that they don't understand it. So I think it's good for us to challenge ourselves to push beyond what we think they might be ready for. And that would apply for traumatized kids as well, I think.
1: Mm -hmm, Absolutely. You know, I love um, how you tied it to the energy piece because nurtured heart is very much, an energetic-based approach um, to healing relationships. You know, it is all about our energy and how we connect through our energy with other people. And I love the way you described when you walk into a room, picture if you walk into a room filled with people, this the feeling of if they're happy to see you versus if it's a negative, negative energy. I mean, you can always pick up on those energetic feelings. It's not just about our words. It's not. There are so many more ways to communicate um, as a human being, um, you know, through the eye contact, just being in 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 the space with someone, um, physical touch, you know. I mean, there's so many mm-hmm. ways to communicate Touching that. Mhm. Um, so I, I love the way you described that. Mhm. Now. Yeah, touch um, is a nice um, one. Unfortunately, my dear friend, it is time to end our podcast. Oh
0: my gosh!
1: I know it—it it really does just fly. Um, so before before I wrap things up, though, Scott, do you have any last-minute words, any tangible tools that you can think of um, to share with our listeners for how to implement stand two or moving in the right direction?
0: I think it is taking that stand to to be. And I love the word that's usually used in describing this, which is relentless, is to be relentless in focusing on finding what's right in front of you, seeing the thing that's going right, identifying it, naming it, calling it out, connecting to it energetically. I think that's important. I think that um, overall a piece of this here is is just like our conversation flew so fast, when you dig into the nurtured heart, it is far-reaching. Um, and it can really be transformational in terms of your relationships with the world. Um, so those are a couple things that really hit me.
1: Yes, absolutely. It is. It, I love the far reaching, what you said about it being far reaching, because when you, when you do, when you dig in and you're relentless and you put on your warrior mode of positivity and finding relentlessly finding those, those positive things, those successes, those things that are going well, in your children's lives, then the Nurtured Heart approach is ever-reaching. It goes on and on and on. It's endless what you can find and what you can develop and create in your children.
0: Yeah, it really feeds you. One of the things that I've heard is just that teachers, when they go home from the end of a day doing this versus the the end of a day dishing out logical consequences and punishments, um, they're going to go home feeling fed i feeling nice. alive. I'm happy that they're Absolutely. doing what
1: they're doing. Yes, I've heard that time and time and time again from teachers who have learned the Nurtured Heart approach and began using it in their classrooms. And I feel that way as as a parent at home as well. I I experience that. But I have been fed at the end of the day when I know that I've tucked my children into bed and I feel the warmth in my heart that I have Done everything I can to point out all of the successes that I've seen in them throughout the day because I know that their hearts are full. Yes.
0: Bringing it home. Scott, thank you. Thank you
1: so much for joining me. Um, Really, thank you, truly. It was a great conversation. We both predicted that this was going to be a great conversation, and it was, (laughs) as always.
0: I always love (laughs) hanging out with you and getting into these conversations, Stephanie. Thanks for the opportunity.
1: You're so welcome. And for our listeners, If you would like more information on trainings in the Nurtured Heart Approach in your area and other free resources, please visit our website, childrensuccessfoundation.com. And to the next time, um, Scott, thank you again. Have a great day, and we'll we'll talk to everybody later.
0: Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Any stories shared in this broadcast are amalgams of experiences based on the use of the Nurtured Heart Approach, by our hosts and our guests, and are not based on any particular person, child, or adult.